time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, our nation's laboratories that handle the world's deadliest germs and toxins, uh, well, a number of accidents, missing shipments, doesn't give us uh, a lot of confidence that these high-security labs that work with organisms and poisons uh, are really doing their job. She's board certified in both surgery and plastic surgery. She's put together a, uh, an amazing book, recently uh, now in paperback form, uh, revised and updated, Waking the Warrior Goddess, an unusual uh, title for a very important book from Dr. Christine Horner, who joins us today to talk about harnessing the power of natural medicines and nature when it comes to protect and fight breast cancer. Dr. Christine Horner joining us today. Our topic, breast cancer. You're invited to join us at 800-307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. This is intriguing information. The current issue of the journal Cell Metabolism has some research coming out of the Chinese Academy of Sciences in uh, Shanghai. They're taking a look at resveratrol. Now, I know, it's like the vitamin D fish oil resveratrol (laughs) year. Every time you turn around, uh, almost on a weekly basis, there's another bit of science about these unique Molecules. Resveratrol is a member of that polyphenol family found in abundant quantities in uh, certain forms of red wine, to, to some degree uh, green tea, chocolate, uh, plants uh, like knotweed. But we have found the likes of research scientists at Harvard saying, wow, we can turn on the genes that mimic um, calorie restriction that lead to a more active and long life with resveratrol. And indeed, these um, research scientists at the Chinese Academy of uh, uh, Sciences in Shanghai showed that resveratrol activates the sirtuin-1 gene. And what they found additionally is that this molecular chain of activity that um, uh, manufactures resveratrol that chemical that's found in the skin of red grapes, also in red wine, is an important way to improve the sensitivity to insulin. Insulin resistance is linked to, I mean, it's pretty amazing. How do you know you're insulin resistant? Well, your doctor can take blood tests, fasting uh, blood insulin levels and and hemoglobin A1C levels and, and tell you, but you can tell yourself. Is your waist size larger than your hips? You may be insulin resistant. Are you a young woman dealing with infertility? Have been told you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. You may be insulin resistant. Do you have adult acne? 
You may be insulin resistant. Do you have male pattern baldness? You may be insulin resistant. Do you have metabolic syndrome? The combination of carrying your weight around the middle, little high blood pressure, little high cholesterol. You may be insulin resistant. Intriguing information that when our body no longer is sensitive to insulin, is able to pull that blood sugar into the cells. So it's about energy as well. We set up the cascade of inflammation, obesity, and type 2 diabetes. That in turn leads to eye problems, diabetic um, uh, retinopathy, a much higher risk of losing our sight, diabetic nephropathy, much higher risk of of having our kidneys failed, diabetic neuropathy, problems with the nerves and the extremities that can be debilitating. And, of course, sets the risk of heart disease. They, They seem to go hand in hand. Low doses of red wine chemical resveratrol. Where do you find it? There are supplements now, the supplements that have the studies that are standardized that even the Harvard experts uh, take include Longevinex because low doses of this resveratrol, this red wine chemical, may fight diabetes. Interesting indeed. And, of course, they're going to make it into a drug. Sirtuis Pharmaceuticals out of the Northeast wants to make resveratrol into a drug and actually convince Medicare that every person of Medicare age should take it. Hey, the science is pretty profound. Well, speaking of uh, red wine and resveratrol, in a related study, this is interesting, uh, the University of Louis Pasteur in Strasbourg, France, have found that Concord grape juice simulates a relaxation of the arteries in in a fashion that's identical to red wine. They demonstrated that it's the components of the grape, not the alcohol, that stimulate the production of nitric oxide, which causes the blood vessels to relax and dilate. And if you want to read that whole scenario, it's a book. We can't go over it in two minutes here, but we can give you an overview. The Heart Cure, written by Dr. Uh, uh, Thomas Cook, of Stanford University. Nitric oxide is important for blood vessels and supporting healthy blood pressure. And and Concord grape juice did it just to the same degree as red wine. So no excuses why you can't do this on a regular basis. Well, a little disconcerting because our health care bill in this country is staggering. A study released just yesterday at Emory University, Rollins School of Public Health, that Americans over the age of 50, oh yes, um, I'll struggle to raise my hand, are more likely to be diagnosed with chronic diseases such as cancer, diabetes, and heart disease than their European counterparts. And that we are more likely to get treatment for those costly diseases, which makes our health care bill more expensive than in Europe. How do we stack up? Twice as many Americans are obese as European. There are more or, or, uh, or f- current or former cigarette smokers 
here than in Europe. That's funny. That's surprising. And Americans are much more susceptible to chronic diseases than in Europe. What don't we get? Why don't we connect the dots? <laughs> May 2005 of the Journal of the American Medical Association, 78% of our nation's healthcare dollars, now record trillion, in the trillions, go to the treatment of chronic conditions. Heart disease, cancer, obesity, diabetes, arthritis. Americans are much more susceptible than Europeans to chronic diseases. No, it's not in our water supply system. (laughs) It's not in our genes. It's our lifestyle. And we are much more likely to be diagnosed with cancer in this country than in Europe. Our rate of being diagnosed with cancer is double that of Europe. We are not healthier, nor do we live longer for the spending of interventional medicine in this country that US healthcare spending for the individual is twice that of the Netherlands, Germany or France and in all those countries they live longer and are healthier at age 60 than we are in this country kind of makes you shake your head now doesn't it well the good news is your um, health may be only as close as your plate In the Journal of Nutrition, they are taking a look at uh, our understanding of a class of vegetables that are linked to reducing the risk of lung, colon, breast, ovarian cancer, and bladder cancer. We're talking about compounds that come out of broccoli. University of Iowa reported that indole-3-carbonyl, D-I-M, diindolmethane, DIM or 3-indocarbonyl, same compound, was able to reduce the secretions of an important protein that confers benefit to our heart that we now know broccoli crosses the blood-brain barrier. Broccoli reduces our risk of prostate cancer, even if you consume it once a week. And now indoles in broccoli identified for heart benefits. Make sure you eat it on a weekly basis. Journal of Nutrition. We'll post the link at our website, HealthyTalkRadio.com. We're going to return to talk with, uh, well, she's board certified in surgery and plastic surgery, Dr. Christine Horner. Her program to protect against and to fight breast cancer. Our lines open. Your health care questions on Healthy Talk Radio. America's number one source for healthcare information, news, and medical breakthroughs. Making America healthy coast to coast. It's Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. I've often learned there are no coincidences, and today fits that bill. If you picked up the wire services today from the, one of the current uh, issues of the Annals of Oncology and read if your mother suffered from breast cancer, doesn't mean that you will. Just 14% of women with breast cancer had a family history of the disease, and now what's coming out of the Australian Institute of Health and uh, Welfare, their National Breast Cancer Center, that if you um, uh, are diagnosed with breast cancer and are over 40 when you're diagnosed, you stand a much better chance of survival. Uh, Australia quoting an overall survival rate of 87%. 
So where are we when it comes to protecting against and fighting breast cancer? Well, just in time, and of course there are no coincidences, now revised, updated, first time in paperback. The book Waking the Warrior Goddess brings the physician, board certified in surgery and plastic surgery, educator and author Dr. Christine Horner to us today. Dr. Horner, hello and welcome. Hello, thanks for having me back again. It's a real pleasure. Oh, our pleasure indeed. So uh, you felt the need, felt there was uh, significant information, that it was time to revive, uh, revise the original book, Waking the Warrior Goddess. Give us a, a, an overview of some of your insight in this uh, arena, please, Dr. Horner. Well, um, as you know, I, I am a board-certified plastic surgeon and worked on a lot of women who had breast cancer doing breast reconstruction. And then uh, my own mother developed breast cancer and died from it in 1994. So that was really um, the big events in my life that led me to start looking for answers to the breast cancer epidemic. So I went through the medical literature, the collection of the, all the research papers, um, and just, you know, looking to see what we knew as far as any associations, and I instantly found thousands of studies that show exactly why we have a breast cancer epidemic, all the things that we're doing that contribute to it, and the things we traditionally don't do in this culture that are highly protective. And as you mentioned, genetics really has very little to do with it, and that's good news, because most cases of breast cancer are things that are influenced greatly by our diet and lifestyle, so the choices that we make every day and the foods that we consume, the activities that we do. And there's also all sorts of different um, supplements, herbs, and spices that research shows can have tremendous protective effect. So I'm really on this mission having found um, these what I feel the answers to the breast cancer epidemic is to get this information out to as many people as possible uh, because just doing one thing, research has shown, can cut your risk in half. So it's extremely simple to drastically reduce your risk of developing this all-too-common and devastating disease. And uh, and so, as I said, I'm just on this mission. And my, my paperback just came out on Friday, and it's got an update, uh, 30 additional pages of the latest research in it um, so that people have every single tool they know of that they can take advantage of as far as tipping the odds in their favor. And why there are, are individuals' pearls and, and nuggets, and we'll talk about them, uh, Dr. Horner. Um, you know, the, the, the framework of connecting these dots. It's interesting because um, just last week the European Union was discussing about um, uh, adopting an Ayurvedic model of healthcare because they felt after looking at the research, uh, looking at you know what people had put into practice, that here mm-hmm. was a cost-effective model. You used it and, and educated us in your book, Waking the Warrior Goddess. Help us to understand uh, the Ayurvedic system of healthcare. Sure. So Ayurveda is actually a traditional system of medicine that's practiced mainly in Asia and India. It came from the Vedic culture, which really predates India. But the words uh, explain a lot as far as the meaning of them. So Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. So it literally means the knowledge of life, which you can tell is a very different approach than what Western medicine is. And it has phenomenal information in the system of medicine as far as teaching us about what they call natural laws, about what it means to be a human being. And it's easy to understand some fairly... um, uh, gross ones such as, you know, we need to sleep and we need to eat or else we don't do very well. But what Ayurveda has um, determined and, and, and it teaches is really very sophisticated yet 
simple, deceptively simple, but extraordinarily powerful laws that govern us as human beings. And if we follow those laws, then what we're doing is creating balance within our physiology, which enhances our inner healing intelligence. And if we don't follow those laws, then we take our bodies out of balance and obstruct our inner healing intelligence. So if you have an awareness of what these laws are, such as, I'll give an example, going to bed by 10 o'clock and getting up by 6 o'clock. Huge effect on our health. And Ayurveda recognized this 5,000 years ago, and now research is showing that, in fact, that fundamental principle is something that has a tremendous impact on our health. So um, Ayurveda, you know, is teaching us about how to create and maintain health, and that was something I definitely did not learn in medical school or residency. You know, I just <laughs> learned how to suppress diseases with drugs or cut it out with surgery. So it's uh, uh, when I discovered this system of medicine probably about a dozen years ago or something, it really was the answer to my prayers because I thought, you know, if someone would just tell me you know, what I need to do in order to feel my best. And, and another very important aspect of Ayurveda is recognizing that we're not all the same. So there are some certain things that govern all of us as far as helping to bring us into balance as far as the hours of sleep that we, that we do. But um, as most people who have any uh, ability to observe, certain foods, for instance, people do certain uh, certain people do well with and other people it takes them out of balance so it's really important to understand your individual physiology and uh, and they go as far as telling you what fruits and vegetables you should avoid which ones you should favor based on what your physiology is so it's a pretty sophisticated system but it's all about bringing balance to the body and enhancing the body's inner healing intelligence is what all the, the different techniques are about. And there's a lot of similarities with traditional Chinese medicine. They don't do acupuncture, but as far as the philosophies are concerned, and, and about a sixth of the world's population actually uses Ayurveda as their principal form of medicine. So it's um, well-practiced throughout the, the world, but very effective, yeah. Very effective, and, and I found it intriguing um, uh, just from the standpoint of being one of those generations, and I know there were many after me, Dr. Horner, who were raised with that philosophy. Uh, I was around my grandma's kitchen table. What did the doctor tell you to do? And we got away from that, um, as, you, as you explained, innate wisdom um, of, of both nature and, and, and you know, culture in terms of you know, healers and, and mothers and aunts and, and grandparents. Um, and entered a world that particularly for, for women, I found uh, particularly with breast health, and, and you know uh, much more intimately than I, um, just doesn't provide a model in terms of, okay, uh, you, know, how, how, you know, how do I, you know, how am I guided to make wise choices that really optimize the health of my breast, Dr. Horner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really, it, it is wisdom that we lost, and I think that, um, you know, culturally, we're looking, and it makes sense, I mean, we're looking for ways to live easier, to be more efficient, to save our time, but unfortunately all the choices it seems that we've made in our higher tech world are things that are not health-promoting, <laughs> rather they're health-damaging, and so we've really gotten away from from <clears throat> ways to um, create and and maintain health, and, uh, and it's just, you know, I, you 
like I said, is just trying to make our, our lives simpler, but unfortunately most of those techniques are things that are bad for us. So we've really lost that wisdom. And and when we look back, um, you know, culturally, it's really amazing to me to um, read about uh, things that have been historically practiced or herbs that have been used sure. or techniques and so forth. And, you know, as a Western-trained medicine doctor, of course, we're taught to poo-poo that. There's no research and so forth. But invariably, when the research is done on some of these herbs or techniques, it's it's amazing that they find that not only do they do what uh, the folk medicine said that they were going to do, but they do it better than, than what we ever thought they would. And that certainly has been the case, uh, you know, with, with things in Ayurveda. Well, we'll give some examples. Delve into that organic pharmacy, chemotherapy from organic fruits and vegetables that people will find in the book, uh, now in paperback, revised and updated, Waking the Warrior Goddess. Uh, joining us today is the author, Dr. Christine Horner. We invite you to join us. Uh, any of your questions about protecting against or fighting breast cancer at 1-800-307-3002. With Dr. Christine Horner joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio. If you can only buy one book about breast uh, cancer, about breast health, uh, the author of the book, uh, joins us today. The new book, and it's revised and updated in paperback fashion, Waking the Warrior Goddess. The author, Dr. Christine Horner, joining us today. Uh, Dr. Horner, do you, do you have a website for people who are interested in the book? I sure do. So my website is drchristinehorner.com, and that's uh, spelled D-R, no punctuation. Christine is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and Horner, H-O-R-N-E-R.com. We were come back and, and talk about that organic pharmacy because I think one of the things that, uh, particularly, um, uh, you know, many women—I don't know if it's—it's it's just, you know, there, there's intriguing things to to be learned from the food pharmacy, the green pharmacy. What's in your kitchen cupboard? You have a section in uh, Waking the Warrior Goddess uh, on organic pharmacy, talking about uh, what we find in in plants and foods. Carotenes, flavonoids, indole 3 carbonyl. Give us a, a, a sampling here, Dr. Horner, of what caught your interest. Sure. Um, you know, one thing is, is, uh, as far as the concept of medicine is concerned is in traditional systems of medicine like Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, uh, the medicines in foods and plants, herbs, spices, and so forth were extremely well recognized. And, in fact, in Ayurveda, the first line of treatment that they do for people when they come in with symptoms is to give them dietary recommendations. And Hippocrates, who was the founding father of Western medicine, led food be your medicine and medicine be your food. It's like, boy, did we get away from that one. So truly our foods, um, when we look at them, and, and scientifically there's been tremendous research done on 
what exists in our foods and certain chemical compounds in the food and what kind of physiological effect that they have in our bodies. And we're finding that they have just extraordinary medicinal effects for us and, and kind of wide, widespread effects. So, for instance, uh, one of the chemicals that you uh, spoke about is something called indole-3-carbonyl. And indole-3-carbonyl is found in a group or family of vegetables called cruciferous vegetables. And these include vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, bok choy. There's about 12 different vegetables in that family. And um, each each plant has within it uh, what we call plant chemicals or phytochemicals. And these chemicals do not have any caloric value or nutritional value, but what they are are like natural medicines. And indole 3 carbonyl is a good example of that. So what the research shows us is that, uh, for instance, in relationship to breast cancer, because indole 3 carbonyl affects many different kinds of cancers and other aspects of our health, but just to give you some examples, for, for breast cancer, what they found is it will uh, shut off a key enzyme necessary for breast cancer to grow. It will also affect the receptor for estrogen in the breast cells. So we've got these little protein receptors on the cells in the, in the breast tissue, and estrogen will hook onto it turn the receptor on kind of in a lock and key fashion and then the result is that breast cells will start to grow and divide fairly rapidly and this is why estrogen is something that is closely related to the growth of breast cancer. The more estrogen we have in our body, the higher risk of breast cancer is going to be because it causes a cell division. So endothrecarbonyl will actually have an effect on the estrogen receptor by turning the volume down on that receptor. So when estrogen hooks onto it, the cells will not grow and divide as fast as what they normally would. The next thing it does is that we found that when estrogen breaks off from that estrogen receptor goes to the liver, it's broken down into these breakdown products and for lay purposes we call them good kinds of estrogens and bad kinds of estrogens and as the name implies the good kind is something that does not increase the risk of breast cancer, in fact is uh, somewhat protective. The bad kind of estrogen is something that accelerates the growth. And so endothrecarbonyl is something that will cause our liver to create more of the good kind of estrogen and less of the bad. And the final thing that it does, which I just think is the coolest thing, is that it actually affects our DNA. So it will, endothrecarbonyl will hook onto the DNA and turn on a tumor suppression gene. And that gene is something that creates proteins that suppresses the growth of tumors. So very, very potent medicine. In fact, they found that people who consume cruciferous vegetables on a uh, regular basis have up to a 40% lower incidence of breast cancer. And the United States government, this is what I'm always saying, now you can tell it's really serious, the United States government has actually recognized how medicinal uh, cruciferous vegetables are, and they've recommended that people consume several servings of them a week. Intriguing indeed. And and if we, we, we take a look at some of the recent research you know, uh, from that cell signaling ability of these plant chemicals and and uh, even take a look at um, one that comes to mind, uh, Dr. Horner, is uh, Polish women. You, you take them out of their native environment. Um, they move to cultures where they, for example, don't consume fermented cabbage, and that actually affects their genetic expression. Mm-hmm. That that affects their risk of breast cancer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such an important concept to understand because we used to think, you know, that our DNA was a static molecule. That that the DNA that gives us our um, all the information for the anatomy and physiology of our bodies. But in fact, that's not true. And now what we've discovered with all the genetic testing is that there's chemicals that will hook on to the DNA 
and affect how the genes are read. So it's turning certain genes on and turning certain genes off. And not only are these chemicals from things from our food, but they also come from our the emotions that we have or the thoughts that we think. With each, you know, thought or emotion, we're we're producing chemicals, and these chemicals will hook on to our DNA as well as receptors throughout our body and affect our health. So, for instance, laugh, laughter, there's quite a bit of research on that showing that it produces chemicals that boost our immune system and turn on healthy genes in our body, whereas depression, you know, is something that has the opposite effect. And it's, so it's not surprising that they found in relationship to breast cancer Cancer, that women who are depressed have up to a four times higher incidence of, of breast cancer, and it has to do with the chemicals that are being produ- produced with those particular emotions. Molecules of emotions. Yeah. And t- intriguing indeed. Yeah. Now, delving into to the world of herbs, and of course this is a particular interest in Ayurveda, uh, from their treasure trove of healing remedies in, in herbs, um, uh, you know, what are some of the ones, do we take a look at ones that, that for example, um, balance uh, hormones or that anti-inflammatory? Uh, where is the, uh, you know, the interesting uh, information of note, particularly relating to, to breast health, Dr. Horner? Well, I would uh, point out one particular herb that's a good, the, probably the best example is uh, a, an Ayurvedic herb or Indian herb called turmeric and, or turmeric. I always say tomato, tomato, but so turmeric is a cousin of ginger and um, it is this bright yellow orange color that's traditionally used in cooking with with curry and uh, turmeric has got so many medicinal effects to it it's considered the number one anti-cancer spice and there isn't just one particular effect it's got so many it, it seems like it's almost too good to be true but for instance um, turmeric is considered a very powerful anti-inflammatory and a type of anti-inflammatory that's called a COX-2 enzyme anti-inflammatory and that those are the most effective ones as far as lowering the risk of certain chronic disorders because that COX-2 enzyme can be a bad actor and uh, particularly for breast, prostate, and colon cancer. So turmeric is a a COX-2 anti-inflammatory. It's also a very powerful antioxidant. In fact, 300 times more powerful than vitamin E. In addition to that, it has a whole slew of effects that help to decrease the effect of um, certain chemicals in our environment that will mimic the estrogen molecule. So we've created all sorts of chemicals from pesticides, herbicides, certain chemicals in plastics, which is why, you know, most people have heard you're not supposed to microwave in plastic because Mm -hmm. of the chemicals that will leach out of it and they mimic the estrogen molecule. So we're really bombarded cosmetics, I mean, just all sorts of things that have these these molecules mimicking estrogen. And turmeric works in uh, many different ways to help make these chemicals behave less like estrogen, blocks them from getting onto the estrogen receptor, turns down the volume on the estrogen receptor, beefs up the liver enzymes so it makes our body more effective at getting rid of these toxins, shuts off the blood supply to tumors. Uh, so tumors always need increasing amounts of blood supply to uh, bring more oxygen and nutrients to support the greater growth. And if you cut off the blood supply to it, then they can't grow any bigger, and turmeric will do that too. And there's a bunch of other things that it does. So it's not just one action. It's got a multitude of different things that it does that makes it so effective at um, reducing the risk of, of breast cancer, but not only reducing the risk, of it. I just want to point out, too, that all this information is good for people who actually have breast cancer or other cancers, and and if you adopt these measures, they found that your 
likelihood of surviving is much higher, and in fact, a lot of these things have been shown to shrink tumors and even enhance the effectiveness of Western treatments, such as enhancing the effectiveness of chemotherapy while protecting against the organ damage. And of course, one of the, the interesting aspects of Ayurveda to, to pull this into to the conversation, Dr. Horner, and you've already alluded to it, that, um, you know, each one of us have unique, uh, uh constitutional needs and, and certain, uh, even certain, uh, vegetables can, can help complement those, those needs. That we're not looking at, you know, the breast cancer patient in, in bed too. This is a very individualized approach to, uh, to overall health and indeed breast health as well. Yes, that's very right. And, and again, not a concept we used in Western medicine because in Western medicine we kind of, you know, say one size fits all and we're treating everybody exactly the same. And it just doesn't work that way. And that's why we get such wide statistics as far as people's reactions even to certain medications. You know, some people do great with it and some people have horrible reactions. Well, that's kind of a key, a key to looking at, well, Guess what? We're not all the same. And, and so Western treatments would actually be more effective if we were more targeting, looking at who's going to respond to what. But uh, as you said, in Ayurveda, we're looking at foods as our medicines rather than looking at pharmaceutical medications, which are generally safer. But there's qualities to foods, too, with, that are recognized in traditional Chinese medicine as well as Ayurveda, where we're not looking necessarily at the nutritional value, and that's what we normally look at, just the laboratory kind of values that we can measure um, as far as the nutrients and things. But actually, it's certain values in the food that are recognized as far as what kind of an effect do they have on your, your physiology. And in traditional Chinese medicine, for instance, they'll talk about the heat or the dampness or, you know, so forth. And in Ayurveda, we talk about a concept called doshas, which are uh, basically the um, certain, we'll call them just influences, uh, and, they're, and how they're divided up as far as the uh, influences in the food. Um, they're called vata, pitta, and, and kapha, but basically they're um, talking about these um, kind of physiological or almost energetic kind of qualities that the food have that we don't recognize at all, you know, in Western medicine, and they can have profound effects. So those are some of the things that help to determine which, you know, vegetable qualities and so forth that someone should consume versus not. You know, a good example is, for for example, hot, spicy foods. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's pitta, pitta governs metabolism and heat and fire in our body, and so you don't want to be consuming hot, spicy foods if you're a pitta, because that's going to aggravate, you know, that particular dosha and cause problems with inflammation in the body, whereas if you're a kapha body type, which is traditionally is somebody who's like a football player, kind of big and and uh, big bone structure and has a tendency not to want to exercise and that sort of thing, hot spicy foods are good for kaphas because it helps to stimulate their physiology. So so that can, you know, just an example of one thing that can throw a particular body type out of balance where it can actually be good for another kind of body type. Interesting indeed. Uh, now, you, you mentioned toxins, and now for the first time we're finding, uh, you know, the U.S. is following up on what other companies, countries are doing, and that is, uh, you know, assessing toxic body burden, even taking a look at breast milk. You know, wh- what is there about, uh, particularly, you know, the, the composition of, of breast tissue and exposure, you know, given the fact that we live in, in a sea of 75,000 chemicals every day that can potentially affect breast health, Dr. Horner? 
Well, probably. I mean, there's a couple of different things. So one, we know that certain toxins are kind of generally toxic to the body, so they can kind of wreak havoc as far as creating what we call oxygen-free radicals, the tiny little molecules of oxygen in our body that go off looking for an additional electron and they'll steal it from cell membranes or steal it from DNA and can cause damage to all the cells in our body and our DNA. Other uh, chemicals, more specifically how it affects the breast tissue, um, as I mentioned before, there's certain molecules that will mimic the estrogen molecule. So they'll hook onto that estrogen receptor and turn mm-hmm. it on. And, and, in fact, what we found is that they usually behave more strongly than what our natural estrogen does. So they can really contribute to the growth of uh, breast cancer. There was a stu- uh, article, actually, in the New York Times uh, a couple of days ago talking about uh, DDT. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time in Europe, it's been recognized that DDT is something that contributes to the risk of breast cancer. And, unfortunately, the research that was done here in the United States was oftentimes sponsored by the chemical companies, and guess what? They didn't find an association. Really? (laughs) No, but in Europe they did. So now there was a study that came out recently where they showed that DDT, of course, um, is a factor that increases the risk of breast cancer because it will uh, behave as estrogen. And the real concern with it is that when it gets into children's bodies and uh, that it is more of a risk because their bodies um, are less able to fight these uh, toxins. They're more sensitive to it. And it Dr. Has Horner, more... hold that thought. We're going okay. to pick it up when we return. Waking the Warrior Goddess with Dr. Christine Horner on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Christine Horner joining us today, harnessing the power of nature and natural medicines to achieve extraordinary health. The focus uh, on protecting against and fighting breast cancer in her latest book, revised, updated, in paperback fashion, Waking the Warrior Goddess. There is a website, www.doctor, and that's Dr. Christine Corner.com, and we were talking about all the downsides of even uh, exposing children to DDT. Um, so, if you'll conclude that, and, and then give us an overview of, of the 30-step program um, that uh, people can read much more about, uh, learn about in Waking the Warrior Goddess, Dr. Horner. Sure. So um, we were just talking about, you know, DDT in a study that came out in the New York Times that showed that children who are being exposed to, to DDT, and of course this is found in our foods, even though it's been banned, it's still used in third world countries and sent back to us. Thank you very much. And uh, and also um, because it persists in the body. So DDT, for instance, will uh, get into the fat cells and store in the fat cells in our body, including the fat cells of the breast. And it takes over 20 years normally for it to break down. So it's sitting there, and if and when women breastfeed, it gets into the breast milk, and then we'll get into the babies too. Now, that being said, actually statistically, it's shown that if you breastfeed your infant, your infant will have a lower incidence of, of breast cancer. So it's definitely a good thing to do. But um, anyway, this this has an effect, and they found that it can increase the risk of breast cancer by as much as 400 percent. But the good news with it, I always like to do bad news, good news. There are effective detoxification programs, particularly one in Ayurveda called Pancha Karma. You can read more about that on my website. That has been shown to be able to get these fat-stored toxins, including DDT, out of our bodies. So anyway, um, to go to the 30-step program, um, what I did in the back of my book is I realized that by laying out all this information, it could be pretty darn overwhelming. And so my intention 
was to put together at the back of the book a really easy step-by-step way that you can gradually introduce a lot of these different techniques into your lifestyle and into your diet and to make it fun. So I kind of talk about it as like adopting a new custom, not thinking it as some hard step that you had to do, but rather, you know, think of it as just kind of a new custom in your culture right. and and uh, do these individual things just one at a time, you know, just kind of easily uh, adopt them into your lifestyle and each one that you do is going to actually multiply up the effects of protection that you have, and uh, pretty soon you'll be doing a lifestyle that's uh, in consistency with creating the best health that you can possibly have and keep you in that state of health. Lots of great side benefits, too. Right, absolutely. Well, there's so much more. Please come back again. Great job. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you, Deborah. I really appreciate it. Our thanks to Dr. Christine Horner, who joined us today. Again, the website is www.drchristinehorner.com. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. You can listen again to the show. It will be archived for two weeks. HealthyTalkRadio.com. Our thanks to Dr. Horner. Our thanks to you. And Deborah Ray reminding you, live long, stay healthy.